0: take your Bible and we're going to be in Matthew today, Matthew chapter 25 and we're going to read starting in verse number 40 down to the end of the chapter verse number 46, Matthew chapter 25 starting in verse 40 through 46. I will read the um, I'll read the even verses y'all will read the odd verses starting in verse number 41 we'll read responsibly out loud together. Matthew 25 40 through 46. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the uh, unto the one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hungered and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in; naked, and ye clothed me not; sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when when saw we thee in hunger, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you. Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can come to you in prayer. God, you are heavenly Father. You tell us to come boldly before the throne of grace. And, Lord, that's what we want to do tonight. Lord, I ask you, please, just bless us, Lord, as we uh, prepare our hearts uh, for the message that's about to come. Would you be with our pastor? Fill in with your spirit, Lord. Help the words that he says uh, would be a blessing and encouragement to us. But, Lord, also a challenge for our lives. We love you, and we're thankful for what you've already done today, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the blood that you shed on the cross for us. I ask you, help us, Lord, as we continue the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be
1: seated. Keep your Bibles open to Matthew 25. I want you to look at one verse. I'm going to look at the very, uh, very one verse as our focal point today. Verse number 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting, what? Fire. Wow. Prepared for whom? The devil and his angels. You don't hear a whole lot of preaching today on the topic of hell. People who love deeply, like me, honestly, don't like to preach about it. Uh, Pussyfooters and liberals are afraid of it. And uh, most people just want to deny that it even exists. You see, God talks about hell from Genesis chapter 3 to Revelation chapter 22. It's in there matter of fact of the words that jesus spoke that are recorded in this book he mentions hell three times for every one time he talks about heaven so if our savior himself while he were here on earth and the words recorded were thrice as much about hell as it were heaven and yet we believe in heaven we ought to three times as much believe in a place called hell i'm god's man i'm god's servant Preacher of that I love very dearly used to say it this way I'm God's voice. I didn't write the Bible, I just preach it. I didn't decide what I'm to preach, <laughs> God does. I'm supposed to preach what it says, not what I think. You see, he's said it very plainly and. Because these are God's words, I've prepared his words for his people to hear today. So don't get mad at the mailman for delivering the mail. Hell is a super torture chamber of God's total anger, wrath, and fury at sin. I want you to notice something in the verses that we read in Matthew chapter 25. God says that hell was not prepared or created. Brother Barnes, can you give me just a little bit more on this? Hell was not created for man. Hell was created, according to Matthew 25, verse 41, right there, thank you, for the devil and his angels. Oh, how many times you and I have heard How could a loving God send anybody to hell? He doesn't. Man chose to go there by choosing the same sin that the devil chose in Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 15. Because God did not make hell for man. Hell was created before man was created. You see, hell is a place that was created for Lucifer, the devil, the old serpent, the dragon, or as I like calling him, old smutty face. Right. Hell was created for the devil and the angels that followed. It was not created for man. Right. These are God's very own words in Matthew 25 and verse 41, and he said that it was a place prepared for the devil. And his angels. For a man to die and go to hell, you're going against God's will. That's right. That's right. You are violating what God wanted for you in the fact that you are going there. Yes, sir. Now, Satan was one of the three greatest beings ever created outside of the Godhead. You, of course, have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But then there were three, what the Bible calls, archangels. You have Michael, you have Gabriel, and you had Lucifer. Lucifer one day decided he wasn't happy with his position. That he wasn't satisfied being an archangel and that he wanted to be God. And he led a rebellion and led a group of people or angels, so to speak, to go against God and try to overthrow heaven. That's why in Isaiah 14, it said, I will sit in the seat of the most high. I will be like God. I will sit in the seat in the sides of the mount. And he went through these five different things that he said he would do. And God said, I'll send you straight to hell. And God prepared this torture chamber for the rebellion and the sin of Lucifer and the angels that followed. By the way, let me just say it right here, right now. I believe the first sin was disloyalty. I got more respect for a polecat than I do for disloyal people. Even an old cur dog can be loyal. You don't have to agree with somebody, but you don't have to be disloyal to people. I hate disloyalty. Oh, I hate it. Now, I'm going to give you an opinion. It is my opinion. If you choose to disagree with me, I will agree with you. This is just my opinion. I'll show you why it's my opinion, but it doesn't change the matter of the scriptures today. I personally believe that these three archangels were basically like three assistant pastors to the Godhead. You had God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You had Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. I personally think that each one of those was kind of like an assistant pastor to one part of the Godhead. For instance... Gabriel generally brings judgment when he's mentioned in scripture. It's in reference to judgment and that is God, the father, the righteous judge. Then you had Michael who is the messenger. He is the one that would bring messages from heaven to earth and from this place to that place. And much like the Holy spirit is the messenger of the Godhead between God and man. That leaves one left, Lucifer. Now, I personally believe that's why the Bible shows us that the devil works so hard to mimic Jesus. He tries to take the things of Christ and hurt him with it. Did you ever notice that all the demons know Jesus by person? And he knows them by name? Say why? Because those are the angels that fell with Lucifer. He knew them from heaven. And they know who he is. And I personally, and by the way, if you disagree with me on this analogy, go right at it. Don't criticize me. But uh, I think you'll see why here in a moment. By the way, that's why the Antichrist will be filled with the, with the spirit of Satan. You see, he knows him. Come on up here for a second, Brother Anthony. I was an assistant pastor for 23 and a half years. I worked for several different men. Can I tell you something? I know something about the position this man holds. You're going to learn things that could destroy me. You know my weaknesses. You'll know things that others would not know. That's why it's very important for a pastor, and assistant pastor, to be loyal to each other. It's not that we're hiding wrongdoing, but he knows my weaknesses. Just like, thank you, just like ladies, you would know the weaknesses of your husband. The person who has the ability to build or destroy a man most is his wife. Period. And a close assistant has the ability to destroy his boss. That's why God struck so hard at Lucifer. Now, here's the sermon Hell was created for the devil and his angels, it was not created for man. But when man chose to do the very sin that Satan did, God's justice required the same penalty. For man to go there, man violates what God wanted. Now listen to this very carefully. No matter how you look at it, hell is still real. Hell is still real. Hell is still receiving people. Word came last week that Senator Feinstein died. My first thought was, ding dong, the witch is dead. Anyway, uh, and it really was. But very shortly thereafter, I realized she probably died and went to hell. And my heart was sad. You say, "Uh, but preacher, it may have been good for America that she died, but it was not good for her eternity. Now listen to me very carefully. It bothers me to preach on hell. It hurts me. There was a day where I probably enjoyed it. I was telling Brother Anthony, but I don't enjoy preaching on hell. I've watched people die and go there. I've watched family members who have had family members die and go to hell and see the pain and the grief. And it doesn't doesn't excite me to preach on hell. It it, it pricks at me a bit. But that doesn't change the fact I'm supposed to. So let me give you a few thoughts today. Number one, what are the torments of hell? What are the torments of hell? Matthew twenty-five forty-six says, "And there sh- these shall go away into everlasting punishment." Hell is a place of eternal punishment. I've got to tell this story; it illustrates it so well. I was a principal in a Christian school, and I had a child that needed to be disciplined, and at that point in time uh, in history, uh, I no longer as principal would uh, administer corporal punishment, we would ask the parents to come in and do so, and they did it in my office, Uh, that way we knew it was done and done correctly, and uh, this little one had done something, and I think he was kindergarten-ish age, Uh, but he had been a bit of a stinker and uh he was going to get a a board of education meeting amen and uh we we were talking to him and i told the parents i'm going to talk to him maybe he's going to understand the scriptures enough about salvation and i began to talk to him i said do you understand what sin is oh yes sin's bad 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 he's i said very good i said have you ever sinned oh not me well we're not quite there yet but I still went through I figured it doesn't hurt to hear the gospel again amen and I said well I said do you know where people go where sinners go when they die school (laughs) this principal took every bit of energy he had not to belly laugh and lay on his desk I started giggling, I caught myself, and I said, well, son, some might call this place school, but it's not. And I began to explain what hell was, but he actually thought of school as hell, I think, that day. Now, uh, hell is a place of eternal punishment. That means this, have you ever been to a place where you were being punished, and it's not real pleasant? God said that hell is every moment of eternity just like that. Eternal punishment. Luke 16.23 says that hell is a place of torment. The word torment means pain at the threshold of death. Uh, It means kidney stone. It means having a baby pain. And God said that that pain of threshold that is nearest death is what hell will be like for eternity. It's a place of fire. Matthew 13:42 and50, Revelation 2015, and I could give you many, 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 many other places. We read in Matthew 25. Uh, where it talked about it being fire. Revelation 20, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You say, "But, but preacher, I thought hell is a place of darkness. It is, but there are flames hot enough to burn clear. It's a place where the worm dieth not mark nine forty four nine forty six and nine forty eight tell us that it's a place where the worms did you ever have worms crawl on you? Imagine being having maggots and worms crawling all over you while you're burning in hell that's what hell will be. Hell is a place of unquenchable thirst luke sixteen verses twenty four through twenty seven Because of all the pain and all of the burning and all of the heat and all of the the agony, the Bible says that you will beg for just one little drop of water. Just that would be satisfaction. Can you imagine being so bad off that one drop of water would be comfort? Comfort? I'm not talking about one glass or one bottle, just one drop. Listen to this. According to Luke 16, verses 24 through 27, hell is a place where the desires for the past will always be in your present and can never be reached. The rich man in hell said, Well, would you send Lazarus to go and talk to my family? And he said, uh, I already have sent them. You'll be constantly longing for the past to be changed. By the way, we have Christians that live hell on earth because you want the past, you're trying to live with your past. You're trying to live changing the past, and you cannot. You can only change right now. Quit living hell on earth. Hell is a place of total darkness, Matthew 22, verse 13. My wife and children and I were visiting my in-laws in northern Minnesota in the Iron Range. If you know anything about that, that's where the ground rusts. There's so much iron in the dirt that the the ground will actually rust every year. Uh, But we were actually in an iron ore mine, and we were a mile and a half underground, Brother Steve. There were rooms in there that were the size of Yankee Stadium, where they had taken rock and things out for for iron. Uh, And every level that you went down was deeper and deeper. We got down to the 26th level. And we were all gathered around. The guy, we all had little flashlights. He said, I'm going to light one candle. Everybody turn all your flashlights out. Everybody did. And he said, you are now in the darkest part of the mine. He said, it is total darkness here. And he said, do I have a volunteer that would blow this candle out? And my son said, I will. (laughs) Well, it was my son, Josh. Josh. Volunteer first, figure out why later, amen? He had him come up there, and when he blew that out, I had eight arms grab a hold of me. My wife and my three kids. (laughs) It was so dark, he had you put your hand on your nose, and you literally could not see your hand in your face. It was total darkness. There were people creeping out. There were people yelling Get the light on! Get the light on! And he just talked for a little while. Can you imagine burning in that? Falling in that with the worms and the maggots and the pain and the torture? The screaming? Can I tell you something? If you were an alcoholic on earth and you're in hell, that desire for alcohol is still there, but you cannot reach it. The desire for the filth and the sin of this life you have it but cannot attain it hell is a place of total darkness hell is a place of endless weeping and moaning and screaming matthew 22:13 hell is a place of gnashing of teeth matthew 22:13 you'll be so much in pain that you're actually grinding your teeth as you scream Don't think we understand how bad hell really is, but maybe the worst part of hell is Matthew 27, verse 46. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 46, the Bible says this. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? We say that Jesus suffered our hell on the cross of Calvary, and he did. He did not burn in hell, but hell was the absence of the presence of God. And for three hours, God turned his back on his very own son. Jesus could put up with everything else. But when God turned his back, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You said, but why did he say my God twice? Because my God, the Father, and my God, the Holy Spirit, why have you forsaken me? He was by himself. Probably the worst thing of hell is there'll be... No presence of God there. Oh, there's some pretty rough places in America. There's some pretty bad places in our world, but at least the presence of the Holy Spirit still here. Amen. Can you imagine how bad it will be when there's no presence of God? Hell is a place of super torture that God made for the devil and his angels, and man was never supposed to be there. Man was never made to go there. Number two. Brother Anthony, this this works on me. Let's take your Bible and turn to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, look at verse 14. Honestly, I think this may be one of the top three saddest verses in all the Bible. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 14. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoices, shall descend into it. Hell is a place that grows. Hell had to grow because it was not made for man. Hell had to grow because God never intended for man to sin and go there. And we have to realize that each time someone dies without Jesus Christ, hell has to enlarge itself. Hell has to grow. I'll read another verse to you out of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 27 verse 20 says this. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. That's for chapter 28. Hang on here. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. Hell will never be full why because it has to keep enlarging itself hell is a place that has to grow every human that dies without trusting jesus christ as their savior will die and go to hell and for that to take place hell has to grow because according to matthew 25:41 hell was not made for man it was made for the devil and his angels By the way, you can't choose your own way to go to heaven. You'll do it God's way or no way. Hell grows by every person who dies without Christ because they did not obey God's plan of salvation. They did not receive the gift of eternal life. That young man I talked to yesterday, he had good terminology. He said, I don't know that I've been saved. I said, would you like to? He said, I would. He said, but nobody's really shown me what I need to do. I said, well, let me show you. And in a matter of about three or four minutes, Brother Kevin, that young man bowed his head and trusted Jesus Christ. And he was on his way to heaven. I don't know who was afraid to tell him what to do, but I sure wasn't afraid. I was afraid not to tell him what to do. I'm going to make a statement and then I'm going to ask you a question. The more we don't tell people about salvation, the more hell grows. The more we are afraid to get the gospel to people, the more hell grows. Can I give you a sobering thought? How big has hell gotten under your watch? How much has hell had to increase because of me? That hurts me, Brother Jim. I vowed a long time ago, 40, over 43 years ago, when I started preaching, I said, if I ever preach, I'm going to give the gospel. Right. Now, I may not, if I'm in a public place giving a prayer or something, I may not always give the gospel, but if I ever stand behind a pulpit to preach for any amount of time at all, I'm going to give the gospel. At a wedding, at a funeral, you say, well, I don't think that you ought to preach the gospel at a funeral. Well, I've seen thousands of people saved at a funeral. Man, i got a captive audience. What better time than to present the gospel other than at a stand-up funeral called a wedding? I've preached at weddings. I, I preached a wedding at this church young couple got married, and the, the young lady's mother got saved at her wedding. Amen. Thank God for the gospel. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How, how big has hell gotten because you won't tell somebody about Jesus? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever realized our, our lack of telling people is causing hell to have to increase? I don't know about you, but I don't want it to expand any faster. The more we disobey God by not telling others, by not giving like we should. Thank God for a church that uh, I mentioned at the prayer for the offering this morning. Last week we put a little, and I'll use the word push, that's probably too strong of a term, but we opened up the opportunity to give towards missions. And just by uh, the the slight little commitment that we did, we've raised enough money to support six more missionaries around the world. That's getting the gospel out in six different places and helping missionaries be there to get the gospel out when we can't travel there ourselves. Thank God for that. But I wonder, is there a seventh ready, but somebody's not going to give the money? Everybody doing okay? I'm not angry. I'm not trying to get more money. I'm just wondering, uh, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? The devil doesn't care who goes to hell. He's just trying to keep every person out of heaven he can. Do you know God, uh, (laughs) the devil doesn't care whether it's Senator Feinstein or Uh, Nancy Pelosi or the, the homeless bum on the streets of Martinsburg laying in his vomit and suffocated last night. He doesn't care. He doesn't care that it's your child or your parent or your grandchild. He doesn't care. He just wants everybody that he can to go to hell with him. Let me ask you a question. Are you working as hard to keep people out of hell as he is to get people to go there? I had a man recently say, Pastor Bush, you're one of the hardest working men I know. I said I said, I I, I appreciate that. I said, but I'm not allowed I'm not about to let people work for money and the devil harder than I do against him. I'm not about to let the devil outwork me, Brother Jim. He might outlast me because he's an eternal being, but <laughs> I'm going to put a hurting on him. When I got up this morning and <laughs> realized I was up, uh, and, and, and I said, Lord, I said, help me to kick the old devil right wherever I can get up foot. I don't care where my foot lands. I just want to plant one on him. I'd like to get a front row seat, Brother Scott, the day that God throws him into the eternity in hell. I want to look at him. (laughs) Say, what are you going to do? I'm not even going to spit on him. I don't want him to have any comfort. Amen. I've watched the devil destroy way too many lives. Number three. If hell is still real then how about we slow the success of it? If hell is still real, then how about we slow the devil's success? (laughs) That means this. If you don't know for sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, you need to get saved today. Because hell is real. Say, well, I've been in church a long time. Don't care if you were born in church, it doesn't make you a Christian. I'm 56 years old, been in church for almost 57 years. You say, preacher, that's not I went to church for nine months before I was hatched, trust me. I've been in church my whole life, but that didn't make me a Christian. I didn't become a Christian until the day I realized I was a sinner on my way to hell and I needed a Savior to keep me from going there. Not until that point did I get saved and become a Christian. (laughs) I go into my garage every day. That doesn't make me a truck. <laughs> you say, but preacher, that's kind of silly. Well, just going to church doesn't make you a Christian either. Doesn't matter what building you go into. Doesn't matter what room you're sitting in. It matters what you did in here between you and God. Amen. Next, we ought to be soul winners. We ought to take gospel tracts out and give them everywhere we go. <laughs> You're all of the trackin'est people I've ever seen. Miss Paula was out with the ladies out so winning yesterday. She wanted to walk into the laundromat to put some tracks out. And when she got in there in Charlestown, somebody already had them on the bulletin board. My wife told me that story. I started laughing. I said, I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, I go everywhere I go, I see our gospel tracks. Everywhere I go, people tell me, I got one of those, I got five of those, I got twelve of those. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's when I have the opportunity to say, "Did you read it? Did you do what it said?" You see, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Miss Miss Kathy started a new ministry in America. It's called the Gas Pump Ministry. That woman's gotten more gospel tracts out of the gas station than most people do any time in their whole life. I. I was buying a scope for a gun and gave a gospel track out to the guy. And he said, oh, one of the ladies in your church got an orange charger. I said, you were at the gas station, weren't you? He said, how'd you know? I said, I know. He said, yeah. He said, uh, and she's she, she talking to guys doing business with. Praise the Lord. Say, preacher, does that bother you? Only because she got to him before I did. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of time. It just takes having them on you and giving them out and not being afraid and not being ashamed. <laughs> How about we step up and do it for God? Hey. You want to kick the old devil? Start giving the gospel out. Now, I'm going to say something right here. The old devil is not going to be happy. You throw a rock in a pack of dogs, and one that yelps is the one you hit. He's not going to be real happy. But bring it on. I'll take the battles. Say, but preacher, somebody might call the church. Good, let me talk to them. I have battles too. I have people that may someday show up and be unkind. That's all right. <laughs> Say, but, but preacher, it's all right. It means we're going the right direction. Everybody doing all right? You see, maybe we ought to get involved in the work of God. Maybe we ought to join the church. Maybe we ought to start helping in the nursery helping in Sunday school, helping in uh, the different various ministries, showing up at the nursing home and helping Brother Ron with the folks in the nursing home and uh, being at the mission when we go to the mission. And uh, you say, well, preacher, I don't know how to go. So when just show up, we'll teach it. Okay. How about we just start bringing people to church? Amen. How about we start being at church every service we can so we can learn how to do it more? Amen. Next Wednesday night, Not this coming Wednesday because we won't have church due to Brother Fugit being here on Monday and Tuesday. But the following Wednesday night on our study on Romans, I'm going to teach you about soul winning in church. It's called the Romans Road. And we're going to study it a little bit. And I'm going to help you. You know, let's not let the devil win. I don't know about you, but he's won enough. I'm mad. I'm a grizzled old veteran in spiritual war. I've been fighting this war for 43 years. But I'm tired of the devil getting any victory. I hate the old devil. I hate what he does to people. Years ago, I rushed to the hospital. I got a phone call when I was at the church, and they said this man is dying. He's asked for a Baptist preacher. Would you come? But you're going to have to come quickly. I raced to the hospital and got in there and they had him in an oxygen tent and he was virtually unresponsive. They said he can't talk, but he can squeeze your hand. I had talked to one man like that before and won him to Christ. I popped my head under that oxygen tent. (sighs) No. Uh, (laughs) I began to talk to this man and all of a sudden, brother, brother, Brother Aaron, he sat straight up. His eyes bugged out. And he screamed at the top of his lungs, oh my God, I'm burning, I'm in hell, I'm in hell, I'm in hell. And he sat back and was gone. I've never forgotten that. Never. Don't you tell me hell's not real. Don't you tell me. I've seen that too many times. I'm tired of drunkenness, I'm tired of cancer, I'm tired of death, I'm tired of orphaned children, I'm tired of parentless children, I'm tired of parents that have to carry a tiny little casket that big to babyland. tired of sickness and pain and disasters and broken hearts. May I read a few words to you, what God says? We've been teaching on heaven in Sunday school. Revelation chapter 20, you need not turn there. Let me read it to you. Verse number 10 says this. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and there shall be torment day and night. Forever and ever. One day God's going to cast that old devil into hell. We'll see it done. But I wonder how many people will die and go there with him. Because we've not done our part. Well, Preacher, I I don't know how to tell somebody. Give them a gospel track and read the back of it. If that doesn't work, give me a call, give me their address, I'll go see them. I'll witness to anybody, anytime, anywhere, any date, time, day or night. doesn't bother me. Say why? Because I don't want somebody to die and go to hell. I don't. Well, preacher, I don't want to bother you. Somebody dying and going to hell bothers God. That bothers me. How about we just learn what we need to learn? That way we can tell them ourselves. But until then, let me know. Let's go. Hell is still real. It hasn't changed. It's eternal as heaven is. And it will not change. Every head bowed, every eye closed.